Welcome to the very first episode of the Grow It podcast, the new gardening and allotment podcast with new episodes available every Wednesday morning. I'm Barry and you might already know me from my videos on my YouTube channel, which is also called Grow It. And what better way to expand upon that than by making a new weekly audio format podcast show with guides and information about what jobs you can be doing in your garden as we make our way through the gardening year together. As the podcast evolves and grows, I'm really hoping that I'll be able to feature your questions and your stories, bring guests onto the show from every corner of the gardening world, and I really want this to become something to look forward to and inspire you to get into your garden or allotment this weekend. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing what gardening and allotment jobs we can be doing in February. We'll uncover the mysteries lurking in the compost heap with a look at what all of those different types of compost are. And finally, my favourite job of the year, tomato sowing. So let's crack on with it. For many people, February marks the end of winter. The days are getting brighter and the temperatures are starting to rise, meaning it's the perfect time to get started on your garden and your allotment. Whether you're a beginner or you're a seasoned gardener, there's plenty to be getting on with during the month of February. So let's take a look at some of those jobs that you should be doing this month. The winter is the perfect time to start bulking up your existing beds, which just means adding a layer of compost after you've cleared away all those dead leaves and the other debris. It's also a great opportunity to spread some wood chip mulch just to nourish your soil. As it breaks down, it'll all sink down into that soil and help retain moisture while it's at it. And it'll also have the benefits of suppressing weeds during the drier, warmer months. Preparing soil is a key gardening task once temperatures start to rise and the soil warms up, particularly if you have have had a particularly cold winter and you've had frozen ground which we definitely know about this year once the weather does start to pick up you'll need to start gathering your supplies and your tools that you'll need for the summer season so this month you should start stocking up on your compost mulch any other soil improvers that you're going to need for the coming months it's a really good idea to get down to the garden center early in the year when the new stock is coming in and there's plenty of availability so you can have a scout around online first to see if you can spot any special offers and always work out the price per litre just to make sure that you are getting the best deal particularly when it comes to multi-buy offers if we're considering investing in some new tools now is the perfect time to do a bit of research and look around for the best deals on the subject of tools do make sure that all your spades your pruners lawnmowers and other bits and pieces are all serviced sharpened oiled and cleaned and it'll make your life much easier and more enjoyable by working with nicely looked after equipment one of the big jobs that I really need to do this year is clean my polytunnel because I did buy it second hand. I got it on eBay, went and dismantled it in someone's back garden. There was keeping chickens in it and to be honest it wasn't really that clean then when I got it and by the time I'd put it all up and messed about with all of that and building all the frame and everything for it to sit on I really couldn't be bothered cleaning it so now it's been there for two years and it's absolutely rotten it's full of algae and moss and all sorts of stuff so this year I really do need to get in there and clean it and it does have a couple of holes in it now so I really need to repair them as well just to make sure that it lasts a bit longer because obviously polytunnel covers aren't cheap so yeah it's one of those jobs that I'm definitely going to do this year and I'll probably get in there over the next couple of weeks because it has been closed up all over winter as well so it's been damp in there and it really is a mess so that's at the top of my list but whatever you've got maybe if you've got a greenhouse now is the best time to get cleaning it get all that glass clean so that it is ready once you get your plants in you're not going to be worrying about that later in the year and treading all over everything so yeah get onto that now get that cleaning done and get it ready 
And while you're in there, now is the perfect time to take stock of what you have and what you need. So if you're an allotment gardener, now is the perfect time to assess any fencing and trellises, any other supports that you need re replacing or repairing. Take an inventory of your collection of seeds as well while you're at it and think about what you want to grow and where. Once you've taken stock, you can start ordering your seeds and plants and think innovatively what is the best varieties for your area that you live in, what soil or climate conditions do you have to consider and browse those seed catalogues or online sellers for the best varieties. If you are looking for new plants, start looking around now because nurseries will begin stocking spring stock over the coming weeks. As the weather warms up, you can start also thinking about planting. Some of the hardier plants can be planted in the winter or early spring, so you can get a good head start on preparing beds for the season by planting your onions and your garlic, which can handle those colder temperatures and will fare better before full spring growth. Pruning is a key task for many plants and trees to encourage healthy growth and prevent diseases. So in late February, you can start pruning back some of your deciduous shrubs and trees and evergreens will usually wait later on into the year, maybe into May or June before you do start that pruning. Herbs and salad greens are perfect for planting in early February. Herbs such as thyme, oregano and rosemary are perfect for the cooler temperatures. Salad greens such as lettuce, rocket and spinach can also all be sown and the tender leaves can be harvested in the spring. Finally, check on any winter flowering plants and bulbs and put on a bit of protection from late frost if you need it. So just keep an eye on the weather forecast and if you see that cold weather coming in, put a bit of uh, carrot fleece just over them just to make sure that they are protected from that frost. You can add some plant supports wherever you need to put them and remove any dead leaves or debris that might block light and air circulation to the young plants. Now let's talk about compost. Compost is essential for any gardener as it provides essential nutrients for plants and helps to improve the soil structure. There are a variety of different types of compost such as peat-free, organic and multi-purpose and these all come under different brand names. Peat-free compost is made, as the name suggests, without the use of peat, which is a type of soil that is found in wetlands and bogs. Peat is often used in gardening and potting soil mixes to help retain moisture and improve drainage and add nutrients to the soil. However, peat's not a sustainable resource and its extraction has got a negative impact on biodiversity, soil health and climate change. That's why more and more gardeners are looking for a peat-free alternative. So you will notice a dramatic reduction in the availability of peat-based compost this year as the governments, at least in the UK, have imposed a ban on the sale of peat to the amateur gardening sector sector by 2024 which is great news so what are the benefits of peat-free compost since that's going to be the only option first and foremost it is much more sustainable peat-free composts are made from recycled materials like green waste wood fiber and other organic materials so this means that you're helping to reduce waste and conserve natural resources at the same time Peat-free composts also tend to be more nutrient-rich than peat-based soils. They contain higher levels of nitrogen, phosphates and potash, which are all those lovely things that are essential for healthy plant growth. They're also more water-retentive than peat-based soils, which is great for gardens that don't get a lot of rainfall. And finally, peat-free composts are much better for the environment because they don't contain any peat. They don't contribute to the destruction of wetlands and bogs. So if you're looking for a more sustainable option for your garden, peat-free compost is definitely the way to 
to go, and indeed it'll be the only way to go from 2024. And next we'll get on to organic compost, which is a combination of decomposed organic materials such as vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, grass clippings, bits of trees, all sorts. It's a natural way to fertilise the soil in your garden and help it to retain moisture. Organic compost is different from chemical fertilisers because it's a natural product made from biodegradable materials. This means that it doesn't include any synthetic chemicals or additives that can be harmful to the environment. Organic compost also helps to improve the quality of the soil by providing essential nutrients for plants. So, for example, it can add nitrogen, it can add phosphorus and potassium to the soil, which can all help plants to grow larger and healthier. Organic compost also helps to aerate the soil, which makes it easier for roots to grow and absorb all of those nutrients that you've added in. It also helps to reduce soil erosion as it helps to keep the soil in place and prevents it from being washed away. Organic compost is really easy to make at home with a few simple ingredients. All you need is a big container, some organic materials and a bit of water. The key is to make sure the compost is moist and then it can break down and provide all of the essential nutrients to the soil. I mean, it's pretty common knowledge now that composting is a really great way to recycle organic materials like kitchen scraps and yard clippings and turn them into a nutrient-rich soil conditioner for our gardens. But you can get even more out of your beds and your borders with a proper multi-purpose compost. And multi-purpose compost is specially formulated to provide a broad range of benefits to plants and to the soil itself. It contains a balanced mix of nutrients, microbes and other ingredients that can help improve soil structure, increase the water retention, reduce the compaction and a lot more. In addition to the more obvious benefits, multi-purpose compost can also help to reduce the need for fertiliser and reduce the amount of water needed for the irrigation. This makes it a great choice for gardeners who want to minimise their environmental impact, which really should be all of us. Multi-purpose compost also comes in different varieties for different applications. So for example, there's compost designed for use in the vegetable garden, flower beds, uh, compost for on your lawn, Ericaceous compost, which means that it's more acidic than regular compost and best for using on acidic soil, loving plants like blueberry plants, rhododendrons, azaleas, camellias. And each type of compost is formulated for specific soil types, so it is important to select the right one for your garden. As we've mentioned, it is February, which means it is time to get your green fingers into gear. Now's the perfect time to start sowing a range of vegetables if you have access to heated propagators, a warm conservatory, heated greenhouses, or even just a warm kitchen window ledge especially for my favourite plants to grow which is tomatoes it's important to choose the right variety of tomato for your climate as some types are more suited to cooler wetter conditions and others require more sun and warmth if you're in the UK like me you can't go wrong with the classic money maker variety and you'll find these in every shop that sells seeds and in fact there's even shops like Lidl which do get seeds in they had the money maker tomato seeds for 29p a pack last year which i did test it on youtube against all of the big brand seeds and if i remember correctly the little ones did really well although they weren't of uk origin if that is something that's important to you other varieties include beef master for growing some fat beef tomatoes and gardener's delight for some smaller cherry tomatoes I grow all of these varieties every year and they never fail to go absolutely berserk and end up with far more tomatoes than I know what to do with. When it comes to sowing tomato seeds, you'll need to make sure that your propagator is 
set at a temperature of 18 to 21 degrees C. To ensure that you've got the right temperature, you'll need to place the propagator in a warm light environment, such as in a greenhouse or next to a warm window. And then once you have the right temperature, you can begin sowing the seeds. Fill your propagator with a good quality seed sowing compost, making sure to break up any lumps before adding a light layer of compost on top of the seed tray. Next, you want to add a thin layer of vermiculite, which will help keep the compost moist and provide a good environment for the seeds to germinate. When it comes to sowing the seeds, you'll want to make sure that you space them out evenly, ensuring each seed is covered with a thin layer of compost. Once you've sown the seeds, they'll need to be covered with a layer of cling film or a propagator lid. This helps retain the warmth and the moisture of the compost, encouraging the seeds to germinate. Then, in no time at all, you'll have your tomato plants well established and are already growing by the time the warmer months arrive, giving you an extra long growing season. Last year, my tomatoes, they all grew absolutely fantastically. I used some mycorrhizal inoculant that I had left over from my university dissertation project. So I put all of that into the beds with the tomatoes and the peppers, and honestly, they were absolutely massive. They were the tallest plants I've ever seen, and it was absolutely covered in tomatoes. And then one day I go over, I'm going over to water my plants at the allotments. I used to go over every morning and water them through the summer. So I turn up look in my greenhouse and it is absolutely full of rats i mean there was like 10 rats or something in there and all they were all over the tomato plants they was eating absolutely everything um uh, obviously they all disappeared when they, when i turned up they all scarpered and i went in and I, literally they'd taken a bite out of every single tomato like not even the ones that were ripe literally just every tomato the green ones the big ones the small ones the red ones everything was just completely decimated and it's really disappointing once you've been growing them since January and you get into May and June and then a lot of rats turn up and eat them all. So that's been a bit of an explanation as to why I've not been on YouTube as much since then because I just I just couldn't be bothered. Like after doing all that work and all that effort going into sort of making it all nice and getting all those plants growing really well and then you turn up and the rats have eaten them all. So yeah, I've sort of got back into it a bit more been at work a lot since then so it's been sort of having the time to get over there and restart everything as well which has been a bit of a problem obviously once you're doing it a bit at a time and it's all it's all sort of growing nicely it's not as bad to keep on top of but obviously when rats turn up and eat everything it's a different story so yeah hopefully things will go a bit better i'm going to be making some changes to the greenhouse this greenhouse this year just to try and make it a bit harder for them to get in so hopefully that'll work and they won't eat everything again so um yeah do you have any stories about wildlife finding its way into your garden maybe in, maybe a badger ate your cucumbers or bats made a nest in your shed send over your animal mishaps to my email at submit at growitmedia.uk that's submit at growitmedia.uk for a chance to be featured on the podcast well that's all for this inaugural episode of the grow it gardening podcast i hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as i've enjoyed making it if you have enjoyed it be sure to add this podcast to your favorites for your guide to the gardening week every wednesday morning and you can help me out massively particularly in these early days by leaving a positive rating on whichever service that you listen to podcasts on you can find more of my gardening guides on my youtube channel over at youtube.com forward slash grow it and feel free to send me an email with any questions suggestions stories or any other correspondence to submit at growitmedia.uk and i'll see you next time